Restless. Welcome back to The Restless Show. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined Lauren, Javier, and Diane as we dive deeper into what it means to be a young adult Catholic today, pursuing the Lord with restless hearts. I hope today's episode is going to be beautiful, because our topic is beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. That's our goal, you know, is beauty in our own life. And and what is beauty? What does it mean to, to be beautiful and how does beauty lead us to God? So I want to start off with a really interesting um, book that I read by Father Benedict Rochelle when I was in seminary. We read this book called Spiritual Passages. And in that book, he makes a very interesting point. He says that human beings are drawn to God in one of three ways, either through truth, beauty, or goodness. So truth is, you know, perhaps you've discovered intellectually the truths of our faith, and that kind of drew you into God. You're, you're very solidly Catholic because you intellectually know it's true. Maybe it's, it's goodness. You've been inspired by the goodness of saints, or you've seen goodness in action through Mother Teresa, or through people in your life that showed you the face of God through their kindness. Or the third one really is beauty. Some of us maybe have encountered God through beauty, and that's what drew our heart closer to God. So I'm curious for you all, what do you think is the way in which God has drawn you to himself? Truth, beauty, and goodness. Diane, what do you think? I think for me... Um... It's a combination of beauty and goodness. I think goodness in the sense of, like, if you meet sort of, I guess, living saints on earth. Um, I've had that experience once with the friars in New York, and you just feel it's this, I guess, sensation and um, just like a heart knowledge that you're known and loved by these strangers and that these people um, genuinely care about you. And I think that you can really... Um, when people are living that sort of holiness, you can see Christ through them. And it's as if Christ is speaking to you and looking at you through them. And it's just, it's hard to explain the feeling that comes from that. Um, but I think it's very profound. And I think God definitely speaks through um, people who are living that sort of virtue. Was there any one friar in particular that kind of stood out to you? Um, I don't know his name, but the the friar that approached me, um, yeah, he just, I just felt like I was the only person in the world, um, and I mean, I have parents who love me, it's, it's, I can't even explain it, it's just someone who was probably, I mean, so in love with Christ that it just flowed out from him, and you could feel it, and it was real. That's what they would say with Mother Teresa. That when you spent time with her, like you were the only person that mattered to her at that moment, which is mind-boggling when she's got millions of people who want her attention. You know? Right. It's probably what it's like to see Jesus. You know? <laughs> Out here? I would, I would say it's a combination of the, the three. I mean, um, but definitely, I definitely have to agree with, um, with Diane. Goodness that you see in the hearts of a person that is following the Lord is really what attracts me to the faith because it's those are the people that I that I'm drawn to those are the people that I want to hang out with the people that are not faking it the people that are in love with the Lord um, those are the people that I want to spend my time with that those are the people that I feel drawn to as much as I want to spend time with other people and I do uh, for different reasons um, 
the people that I choose to hang out with the most are the people that are that are humble, that are nice, that are portraying um, that heart that comes from being in communion with the Lord. Um, and I see that in I see that in priests. I see that in my friends. Um, I see that in strangers sometimes, and I'm just drawn to having a conversation with them because I'm. You can tell that they're in communion with the Lord. I mean, I can meet somebody like I just met a uh, seminarian. You know him. Uh, his name is Ferry. Uh, and you can tell that he's in communion with the Lord. And I, I just, I want to have conversations with him. I mean, I met him and I was like, dude, come over to our house on, on Saturday night. We're going to have a dinner and stuff. And I, I just, it's that goodness that's in his heart that just Wait, can't be. His heart is through his stomach. Yes. So yes, feed, feed him dinner and he'll share his goodness with you. Exactly. But that goodness that's in his heart from the communion that he has with the Lord, you just can't, you can't make that up. You can't replace it. You can't. Um, and that's what I'm drawn to. Mm. Uh, and I want that in my heart. That's interesting. So both of you guys, I think, are drawn by goodness. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really cool. Lauren, what about you? For me, it's absolutely truth. And it always has been. Mm. I've just... I think since I was really young, I knew the faith was true without even being able to know that it was true yet. I don't know if that's just what calls to my heart, um, and that's how God can reach me. Um, and I've always like stood by that. And you know, growing up, encountering people that didn't have the faith, I would think like, oh, I can convince them that God is real because it's true. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Jesus walked this earth. Like, and there's so many examples I think where he and Mary have appeared over and over again. It's not like this happened 2,000 years ago and we never heard from them again. Mm. You know, they continue to appear and interact and tell us the way and encourage us. So it's just always been the truth for me, but I find it's it's still hard. It doesn't matter, you know, that it's true. It, it won't resonate with others. <laughs> if, it out is still, yeah. Yeah, it can be difficult to spread that message or get people to change their way of thinking, you know? It's interesting you mentioned that because it's a that's a little known gift of the Holy Spirit that the church teaches. It's called uh, census fidelium. It means kind of the sense of the faithful and the sense of the faith. So like even if you've never heard something before, you kind of like already know it. Like yeah. the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, that makes sense. That's that's true. You know, yeah. and that's a gift of the Holy Spirit that's given in baptism to kind of preserve us from error, falling into error and things. No, that's a profound gift. And you're just reminding me when I was in Madrid back in March, I was walking through the city with. Father Andy and then Juan, who's seminarian, you know, studying to become a priest. And there was this moment where he just was like, thank God for our faith. And I was like, it's so true, you know, and like, you are living it, you are going to become a priest. But it's just, wow, like, we are so blessed that we have our faith and we can live it out, you know? That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I would I would say that uh, to add to what she said, um, Goodness is what draws me to the Lord because I see it in other people, but definitely truth and beauty is what draws me to share about the Lord, share the word of God, share share the gospel. Mm. It's knowing that truth to be true, you know, knowing it in my heart, even if I can't really put it in words, you know, and sometimes I just pray that the Holy Spirit speaks through me, but I never think that I actually do it justice. And I know that the Spirit will work in the way that he has to. Um, but then the beauty of our faith is also what gets me to share. But what draws me to the Lord is it's that goodness. I, I can't can't explain it. It's. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm glad you said that because it made me think about that. I'm like, well, that's that's what makes me share the gospel. 
you know it's knowing that the truth is true mm-hmm. and there's nothing there's nothing we can do to change it even if i can't explain it i can't change it yeah. that's just the truth you know <laughs> and then the beauty the beauty of our faith is just mm, that that moves me i think it was einstein who said that the best um the best mathematical proofs were the ones that were the most elegant which is why like e equals mc squared sounds so simple you know and he's like, that's why it's so true, because it's so elegant and beautiful. Yeah. And, and when you have these long convoluted proofs, you know, it's sometimes there could be errors because it's not, it, it doesn't flow. It's not elegant. It's not beautiful. And, and so it is kind of a sense that like all of these three are kind of different facets of the same reality. Right. You know, that which is true is beautiful. That which is true is good. You know? Amen. But it's interesting. I, if, I find it interesting to hear about how truth ministers to your heart because so many young adults um, don't find truth to be a convincing factor for their decision in religion. You know, I, I remember talking with this one girl who's, uh, she's in high school right now, and she decided she was going to leave the Catholic Church and join this Protestant church. And I said, well, you know, why? She's like, well, it's just, you know, I like it better. It's, it's nicer people, you know, better music. And I said, well, have you considered whether or not it's true? And she said, wait, what? <laughs> wasn't even on her radar screen to consider, okay, what's the true religion? Like, that wasn't, that wasn't a category she thought in. Mm. Do you guys think you're unique in, uh, in kind of clinging to truth, and especially you, Lauren? I don't know. So that, uh, I guess a lot of people have that experience. I think it's pretty common for people to leave and go to something that feels better, right? Because the Catholic Mass is boring in a lot of ways, or to a lot of people, especially if you don't know what is going on. Um, so I can certainly see that, like, oh, and, and I, I've experienced it too. There is great music in Protestant um, services, you know, whatever the case is. But for me, again, since like, I was a small child, I just knew this is the truth. Yeah. And that is what drew me in. That's, as, you know, why I wanted to be there. It's certainly, like, I've never um, questioned my faith ever. Like, I've questioned certain parts, like, is hell real? Like, how could it be real if God you know, loves us and, and all that. Like, I've had those kinds of questions, but never the truth in Jesus or Mary and Joseph and that they lived and walked this earth and taught us the way. Awesome. And we have so many resources, too, that just reinforce the truth, right? So if you're, like, for me, I don't I don't like to take anything at surface level. I'm always questioning. Like, as a kid, I was always questioning. I wasn't, you know, I would ask my parents questions about the faith because I didn't want to just, it wasn't that I didn't believe it. I just didn't want to like take it for surface level, you know, like this is what it is. But I wanted to know more. And I think as you explore and you get deeper into your faith, you realize that like this is true and you can, I mean, can't prove it a hundred percent, but I mean, we've got the church fathers. We have so many, we have documents that go all the way back to the, to the life of Christ. And, um, I, you know, I think that if you're truly seeking truth, that you can find it. And one of the things that I never understood with the Protestant churches is that, you know, like in talking to friends, I mean, they're in one church and then the church next door holds a different view and the church next door holds a different view. And it's like, well, truth is truth. And someone's not, something's false. (laughs) (laughs) There's different ideas here. And that always bothered me. And then just you know, Catholicism, just being able to trace it back to the fathers and to, um, to the time of Christ and all of those document documents and everything. I mean, it just, um, I think it illuminates the truth, but you have to, you have to want to seek it and you have to seek it. And I think the more you seek it, the more you're amazed at, wow, like the beauty and the mystery of this truth. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you have to be willing to pursue an inconvenient truth, to quote Al Gore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Because truth costs, you know? It's not always easy to be true. Yeah, the more you dive in sometimes, the more you're like, <clears throat> I wish that wasn't true. <laughs> I wish that was not true. <laughs> I wish that truth was different, but... <laughs> yeah. But then at the end, you always see how the truth sets you free. It does. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful, costly, but really awesome. That's wow. That's really. I, I'm. I'm just beautifully gratified to hear such a wide variety. Because for me, it's always been beauty that's drawn my heart to God. Like, mm-hmm. like you, Lauren. I've never really wrestled with my faith. I've never. I shouldn't say I've never wrestled, but I've never really doubted my faith. Mm-hmm. You know, even from the time I was a kid, it was just kind of like okay. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like, like in my personal walk with Christ, it's always through beauty. So like, music was a huge impact in my life. The beauty of nature. Um, have you seen? You've seen the beauties of churches. I remember. You know, on, I shared about my pilgrimage to Rome, and one of the things I'll never forget is walking into the Sistine Chapel. It's not the ceiling that struck me. The ceiling was cool, but like it was so far away. But what struck me was the Last Judgment of Michelangelo on the wall. Hmm. You ever seen mm-hmm. that uh, yeah. portrait? It was just, it had an, a quality to it that was like, whoa, this is real. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't study any truth. I just saw that beauty, and I was like, hmm, there's something here. There's something here. They have a 3D uh, tour that you can now take of the Sistine Chapel, which is kind of interesting to me because I remember when I was there, how much of an emphasis they they made on not taking pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Yet now you can go to a website. I guess everyone on the side snapping, (laughs) snapping away. I mean, I definitely had my phone out and I was taking pictures and videos. Does it? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I got yelled at a couple times and I pretended like I didn't understand anything they were saying, but, um, <laughs> no, hablo italiano. <laughs> no, parlo, no. um, but, um, but now there's, there's a website that you can go and you can get, you, it's literally just a camera that they set up. Just like if you were to go to Google maps and just kind of like rotate the camera and stuff and you can just see everything and you can zoom in and you can just, and I, I sent it in our group text and stuff and, uh. Uh, to me, it was just kind of like awesome um, how through COVID, sometimes there's tiny little blessings. And I'm pretty sure they did this because of COVID, you know, because oh, people sure. can't visit it as much as they used to. And so now there's, you know, there's a website you can go to and you can just zoom in and, and take your time and kind of look at it. I know when I was there, I don't know about y'all, but when I was there. It was kind of rushed. Yes. It was yeah. like, you're only Impact. supposed to be there for like five, ten minutes and stuff. And then, whoop, okay, next group and stuff. And I'm like, God, how do you take this whole thing in in ten minutes? Yeah. There's no way. And there's so much rich theology in the paintings themselves. Yes. You know, because you see, that, for example, the Old Testament figures and then the New Testament figures are right across from that. And you're like, whoa, that's typology right there. What? You know, and you don't notice that if you're just taking pictures of, you know, that Jesus, the God's hand reaching out to Adam. So like yeah, why are some of them famous. naked and some of them are not? You yeah. know, that's probably one would <laughs> go through your mind like, oh, some of them are naked, some of them are not. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That guy needs a fig leaf. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. When we, when we come back from break, we're going to talk more about beauty and how beauty strikes deeply at our hearts. Stay tuned. Hey, did you know you can take Veritas Catholic Network with you wherever you go? All you have to do is download the Veritas Catholic Network app. Then you can listen to the live broadcast 24 hours a day. You can also grab podcasts of our original shows like Let Me Be Frank and Restless and much more. Right at your fingertips and on your phone. Download the Veritas Catholic Network app today 
at the Apple App Store or on the Google Play Store, or visit www.veritascatholic.com. And welcome back to Restless. We've been having a beautiful episode talking all about beauty. We're sharing kind of about the Sistine Chapel and some of the beauty that struck us deeply there. Outside of that, I'm curious uh, if you guys have ever had kind of an experience of beauty that really drew you into the heart of God and maybe kind of awakened you to just God's love in a new way. I had one experience um, right when I was finishing college. I got to go out to Boulder, Colorado to compete at uh, USAU College National Championships, which was amazing. Um, And I was an architecture undergrad student. So four years of, you know, cities, buildings, uh, I loved learning the history of architecture, ancient Egyptian culture, all the way through contemporary, you know, today, but very focused on man-made, right? And the theory of architecture, just all these things. So we had a free day, like after the tournament ended and we did a hike, you know, beautiful up in the mountains somewhere. And there's just this expansive view, you know, that was just awe striking, mm. really. I couldn't, I can't, you know, describe it. Just so beautiful. And I was struck like, wow, I've been so focused on man-made and cities, and there's a lot of beauty there too. But this, like the real world, nature, what God created, nothing can ever top that, you know? Yeah. It just, it was this like awakening moment, and I had never done a hike before either. So I was like, gosh, I got to get outside more and do this, you know? Because <laughs> there's so many views, there's so many places, right? You made right? it to the end of college never hiking? No, we didn't do that as a family. Oh my gosh. Like ever. So <laughs> wow. I only yeah, I just discovered like, you know, the Mianus Park, right? You know, in Stanford. I only discovered that like last year. What? And, <laughs> and you've lived in, the, you've lived in this area I lived five your entire away. life? Yeah. So. Not all of us are huge hikers like you. Father Apparently Joseph. not. I don't know. Like. <laughs> Just for our listeners, Father Joseph goes hiking almost every weekend. Yeah, every week. Yeah, pretty much. Gosh. I was out today, actually. I was out <laughs> Sleeping Giant State Park in, in uh, Hamden, Connecticut. Oh, nice. That is so cool. Yeah, spectacular. Well, because it's free. <laughs> Some people are like, let's go watch a movie. I'm like, that costs money. <laughs> let's get outside. But we also see beauty. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, from, from where I was today, we could see, we were probably, you know, Hamden's probably a good 30 miles inland. Uh, and I could see all the way to Long, I- to Long Island from there. So I'm looking at 50, 60 miles mm-hmm. of uh, landscape. And it's just spectacular. And I was talking because I was hiking with my uncle and my cousin. And we were talking, like, what is it about these, these long views that strike us as beautiful? And my uncle said, well, maybe it's because it makes us realize how small we are mm-hmm. and how big God is. Yeah. I was like, yes, absolutely. Because we think, and especially as you mentioned, like when you see all this man-made stuff, you think, I can do anything because you know, I'm, I'm a human being and we have such grand grandeur. And then you look at the nature and, and Mount Washington and the, and the Boulder, Colorado, and you're like, we are nothing compared to God's majesty. Yeah. You know? Diane, how about you? What's your beauty experience that yeah, you to God? That resonates. Um, we're fortunate enough to live by the water. So I, in my 20s, I, I'm not exaggerating. I like went to the beach every single day, I think during the summer and the spring, at night, to just to watch the sunset over the water. Mm. Um, and it's something that, I mean, I have a million pictures on my phone. Um, <laughs> it just never, it never gets old because every sunset's different and... When you see like the beauty, the perfection of, you know, just an absolutely clear sky, amazing sunset, um, how it changes in an instant, um, you know, you wait until even after the sun sets and you've got this like 
bright pink and cotton candy sky. It's just it's it takes your <laughs> it takes your breath away. You're making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It makes you realize that, oh my gosh, I'm so small. And if this is like even just an image, you know, of what God is, I can't, I can't even imagine, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'm drawn by that. And then just in like little weird ways too. I mean, in the summer, I just love the way that like the sun in the afternoon shines on, um, you know, tree leaves. Mm. It's, it's a weird thing. I, I don't know. I'm just obsessed with it. So um, but that always, I'm, I'm just like, no matter what I'm doing, like if I'm stressed out at work or whatever, and I look out the window and it just, it draws me back to God. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Cause I think a lot of people overlook those small things. Yeah. And I don't think that you necessarily top, need to, you can't be going hiking every day necessarily or going to watch the sunset, you know? So I wish. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's true. Every day, even in the middle of a city or an ugly apartment, you know, there's beauty. Yeah. That's true. It's interesting y'all said that because I get the exact same feelings when I'm up at the top of the mountain. The very first feeling that I get is to just kind of breathe in and pray. That's the very first feeling that I get. I'm like, I'm up at the top and I'm like, if I'm with people or something, I just I want to pray. You know, like I remember that one time we went hiking and we prayed the Divine Mercy Chaplet at the top of uh, when we did that hike with John Meady and all of them and uh, um, and sunsets. Oh my gosh. I am a soccer for sunsets. I love, <laughs> love sunsets, sunsets all day. And I think mainly because I never get to see uh, sunrises. So I leave my house like too early sometimes and it's still and you pitch stay black. stay up way too late. I stay up <laughs> way too late. I do. I don't sleep that much. Um, but another thing that I, I, I see beauty in is when I see beauty that brings me to God is just when I see sometimes like... Um, somebody like helping like a homeless person or something mm. like that in the street that moment to me is so beautiful um that it almost brings me to tears um just when, when i watch videos of like people that take people from the streets and stuff and just they take them to like a hotel and they give them a shower or something that to me just because I, I can see a sunset and it's it's beautiful but it won't get to the point where i'm gonna i'm gonna cry about it but when I see somebody being compassionate towards something, somebody or being merciful, mm. oh, I just, I mean, I don't even say that. I'm almost to tears. I, I'm too tears. I, I cry. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely cry. Oh, you big soft. <laughs> there's allergies. Yeah. Allergies. That's everywhere. right. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. Yeah. Compassion for me is just beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Drives me to tears. Um, more when I see it than when I do it. When I do it, it's beautiful, but when I see somebody doing it, it's just, oh, it just makes me want to cry. Yeah. This past summer, I was blessed to do four weddings in one month, which is, it's actually a lot. Usually it's maybe like two or three weddings a year. And, you know, two of the weddings were of people, one was a cousin, one was a friend who I've known for seven or eight years. And and to see just the the beautiful parts of human life and love, you know, and it, it's not, it wasn't the dress, it wasn't the, you know, the flowers, it was their love it was so beautiful, you know, and you realize like, wow, they're beginning something new that's going to just reverberate down through history. That's so cool. And uh, that was, that moved me to tears, you know, to see my, my cousin, who I remember in diapers, now, <laughs> now all grown up and getting married. I was like, wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. I thought the same thing when I saw uh, Andrew and Marie get married a couple weeks ago, or last week i don't even know um but the moment i they said i do 
um, the moment they kissed, that was the exact same thought I had, like, something is beginning right now that's going to be for the rest of their lives, and it's so, such an amazing moment, you can't couple that with anything in their lives, it's like, that is the moment when everything changes for them, yeah. they're now husband and wife, they're now, you know, they, you know, in the eyes of God, they're one, and so it's like, oh, to me, it's yeah. just, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah. There might have been some allergies there. So. <laughs> Maybe. What are you going to be like at your own wedding, I wonder? Uh, oh, a mess. I'm going to be a floor. mess. I am going to be a mess. Uh, if uh, anybody knows me, they're going to know, like, my best man's going to have, like, three handkerchiefs ready, you know, for me. <laughs> One's not going to be enough. Ring them out. <laughs> yeah. Bring another one. <laughs> I remember when my my sister called me to tell me for the first time that she was pregnant with uh, my my first nephew. I have two nephews now, and I was shocked at the joy that I felt. I was like, you know, usually like usually around babies, I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, it's a baby. <laughs> you know, there's so many of them, whatever. But I was like so overwhelmed with joy. It's like, wow, this is so beautiful. And just like that, the experience of human life hmm. is so beautiful. You know, when you see little babies, and and you're just like that's that's incredibly tender touching you know it's like it's a beautiful thing i can relate to that because my brother is 14 years younger than me um so it was quite a shock when we found out we were getting a new sibling and um then there was all this build-up he was born on his um expected date um mm. but i was at school all day uh, this was at eastern and then there was like an end of softball season party so then i'm at this party and i still haven't heard like is he here? We thought he was a boy. We didn't know. But and this was before the days of cell phones, right? So you're not. I yeah, I didn't have you're not one. Text, no, so. I, yeah. So just waiting, waiting, waiting. Like, come on! I feel like it should have happened already. <laughs> and then someone's parent, you know, got a call from my dad. So then my dad told me, you know, he's born. It's a boy. You know, yay! Finally. And then uh, were, were you disappointed you didn't get a sister? No, I wanted a brother. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why. We just knew he was a boy. Like we were actually calling him Johnny like a month before. He was even born. Um, but so then we get to go. My brother and I are picked up. We go to the hospital and we see him. And he looked a little rough, I'd say, like a little blotchy, <laughs> you know, like the birth is hard yeah, on the babies. Not, I bet it is. And uh, his hair was like orange. OK, like really orange. <laughs> Which is and funny because he's not a redhead now. No, so. he's not. He's brown hair. But looking at him, he wasn't like the sweetest, most perfect looking thing. Um, and Two years before, my cousin Felicia was born, and she was just angelic, just beautiful, like soft, like just, you know, a perfect looking baby. So then I'm holding my little brother, and I was kind of like, oh, you're not the cutest. But I can feel like my love just pouring over him, hmm. you know, like yeah. this little thing. And it's kind of amazing because I had never experienced that before, like someone coming into my family that I didn't already know or like was close to, but it was so profound. And I guess I saw the beauty in him, yeah. <laughs> despite the little you know blemishes, which he grew out of. You know, it, it was a couple of days, and he looked good. But that's good. <laughs> and he was a really cute baby. I have to say that he was adorable. But just the first Later day, yeah. <laughs> I had a similar yeah. feeling when my nephew was born. Uh, they sent me the uh, the video of my sister right after she gave birth and stuff. And there, and she's my little sister. I mean, granted, she's old, but she's my little sister. And when I saw her like crying and holding the baby, it was, oh, I can't even 
describe it. I was shaking. I was crying uncontrollably. I was like, and then I thought, I was like, how am I going to be when it's my child? <laughs> this is my little sister's child. Yeah, please and don't I'm, shake uncontrollably when you're holding your own child. That well, I mean, they, they wait. <laughs> or like just a, sit down. This makes yeah. you're seated. Yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the way she was shaking and crying and stuff, and it, it was a combination, right? It was a combination of, that's my little sister. She just had a baby, you know? And then, that's my nephew. Like... It was a combination of both of them. I, I just could not stop. I, I saw her shaking. I was shaking even more. I was crying. I I can't mm. even imagine what it's going to be like. Yeah. But it's so cool that you can see, when we've been talking about, seeing the beauty in just everyday life. You know, And, and that's sometimes so important because we just, I don't know, get weighed down with every day. And we don't think that getting up in the morning and going to work and interacting with people is a beautiful thing. But yeah. it is. It's the way God reveals himself to us. So my challenge for all of us listeners is this coming week, maybe even tomorrow or today, take a look and see where God is revealing himself through the beauty of human life or through the beauty of nature. Because God is constantly revealing his face to you. You know, if only we have the eyes to see. So pay attention. He's going to meet you there. He's going to meet you there with, with some very beautiful things. Thanks so much for joining us this week on uh, Restless. You can find us on 1350 AM, Veritas Catholic Radio, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Please join us next time. 